Welcome back to the Badass Literature Society, where badasses come together to rate and review novels recommended by you. I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. And I'm Lauren. We're back for another bonus episode, and this time we're talking about the Hogfather TV film slash miniseries that aired on BBC, since we just read the book a couple months ago. We're going to talk about the film itself and what we thought of it, how it compares to the book, how they portray the characters in the movie, and then some other stuff as well. Now here's Barbara to talk about some of the details of the movie. Okay, so this miniseries slash TV film came out in 2006. It was written and directed by Vadim Jean. Once again, no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It is three hours and nine minutes long, but I believe, depending on where you watched it, it was divided into either two or three parts. Um, It does currently have a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb. And like Michael said, it did originally air on BBC. And it stars David, Jason, Mark Warren, Michelle Dockery, and Ian Richardson's voice. Perfect. So like you guys always like to make fun of me for, let's dive in. What did you guys think about the Hogfather TV series or miniseries slash movie? And I'm going to let Lauren start this one. I liked it. Um, I thought that it was well cast. Um. Some of the characters were different than what I had imagined, but some of them were like spot on. Um, I thought that the world building was really reflected in it and it was cool to get to see what they kind of interpreted and um, did with it. I think film adaptations or in this case, TV adaptations um, are always interesting to see how they kind of take the book and run with it creatively. So um, I thought that they did some cool things with that. And Barbara, what did you think? Um, I liked it too. It's I always find it difficult to compare book adaptations to their movie counterparts because I feel like it's never fair for the movie. Um, just because I I I feel like ninety percent of the time and ninety percent of the people are going to always prefer the books over the movie slash TV series, whatever you want to call this. Um, just because. Well, I, I'd say more movies, just because there's a limited time that you have to fit all of this, what is world building and character building, um, <clears throat> into roughly like an, an hour to two hour movie. Luckily, this one had three hours to do it with, so I had more time than most movies. So for sure, I would consider this more of like a TV or mini series because of that. Um, but I think what they had to work with, I think they did a good job. The, you know, the overall story and plot are still there. Same with most of the characters, at least the important ones to the story and plot. Um, I, obviously, it's kind of hard to compare, like, the... Oh, shoot. What's it called? The graphics? What is that called? Like, the visual effects. The visual effects. Gosh, my mind is just plooped. Um, the visual effects from 2006... Uh, I think that's kind of was the little the part that I wasn't a huge fan of, but once again, kind of hard because it's it's been a while, and obviously the graphics in older movies don't age well, and I'm sure they had a smaller budget than most of these like high end movies that 
back then that would have that would have aged better. Um, but overall, I thought it was an enjoyable watch. I enjoyed it and stuff. So, yeah, and I I also really liked it. Um, I thought that the way that it, as far as like comparing it to the book, like is it uh, a faithful adaptation? I thought the beginning of it, truthfully, was like almost like word for word. It seemed to parts of the book. Um, and I, I got excited because I thought maybe the whole thing would be that way. And I know it's impossible to do that, but it was cool that how close they kept to the book. At least I thought how close they kept to the book. Um, obviously, there were some characters that were a little bit different. They didn't, they weren't portrayed the way I thought they or I, I imagined them, I guess, in the book. Um, but the overall story was still there. I thought it was really entertaining to watch. Um, I definitely would recommend watching it in, in at least two settings. I think Barbara and I, didn't we watch it in two settings, Barbara? Half and half? Uh, yes, we did in two. Yeah. I think that's a good way to do it. I mean, that's obviously the way it was intended to be watched in two or three chunks when it was on uh, on TV the first time. Um, but I thought the, it was really well cast. They all did a great job. Ian Richardson was phenomenal as the voice of death. Um, the visual effects, some of them were a little dated. Uh, I do actually like how they did death because I think that they did like his, I don't know if it's a costume or a puppet or exactly how they did it, to be honest. Um, but uh, I, I think that it was intentionally a little bit campy because the book is a little bit campy. Um, and I thought that was kind of cool. And it was, you know, the, the comedy and the, uh, the tongue in cheek and the dry humor from the book came over to the movie. Well, um, and overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie slash TV film slash miniseries. So now that we know our general thoughts, what would you guys give this for a rating out of 10? Uh, Barbara, what would you give it? Seven. Fair enough, fair enough. Lauren? 6.85. It wasn't quite good enough to make seven. (laughs) You guys and your decimals. Um, I would give it a seven out of 10 also. So between those three ratings, that throws our group score at a 6.95, which I'm sure makes Lauren happy because it's not... Quite a seven. You can hear Michael's blood boiling. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, six point nine five, almost a seven. Uh, which is a pretty good score. It's a little less than where uh, IMDb places it, but uh, pretty close. So the next question, just like we do on our book podcast, guys, would you recommend this TV film slash miniseries? I'm gonna let Barbara go first on this one. Um, I think <clears throat> if you're just watching this movie for poos and giggles like i i feel like you might be a little lost if you haven't read the book but i mean it does kind of stand on its own since it's kind of its own story you know that doesn't kind of attach itself to anything else uh if you like christmas movies it's one of those that you can definitely watch for christmas um yeah i mean i would recommend it maybe even if you haven't read any of his books um you this might you know have you want to go and and pick up the book or some of his other books and stuff like that so yeah i think it's it's good enough to watch i'm not a huge christmas movie fan um but this i didn't feel like it was that stereotypical christmas movie so i would definitely rewatch this again for christmas cheer and stuff instead of your stereotypical christmas movie so yeah so I would also recommend it. Um, I think at least to most people. I mean, if, if you're if you've ever read any of Terry Pratchett's books, you'd like it. If you've read this book, you're going to like it. Um, 
it's not a stereotypical Christmas movie. So I, I did. I liked that about it as well. Unlike Barbara, I do like the regular Christmas movies, but I think this is a good one to watch too. And I think that really, I think anybody could enjoy it if they're watching it around the holidays. It's not so far out there um, that, uh, that it couldn't be enjoyed by most. So I would definitely recommend it. Lauren. I feel like um, I probably would not recommend it just to your average Joe. Um, mainly because I feel like if they haven't read any of Terry Pratchett's work, it would be really confusing, kind of like Barbara said. Um, I think they'd probably just think it was dumb, and a lot of it would kind of, like, they wouldn't appreciate it the same as if they had read the book. Um, I mean, it'd just be kind of weird. I think that they did a good job, because considering the way that he writes is very, like, does a lot of narrating and footnotes and stuff. And that's hard to transform into a movie. Um, taking that sort of thing. So I feel like they, they did a good job for the most part with that. So I would recommend people who have read the book or other of Terry Pratchett's work. Um, I feel like they would have an appreciation for it, but I feel like just like my average coworker, I'm not going to be like, Hey, here's a good movie for you and your hubs to watch over the weekend. Like, so I'm going to throw in a surprise question that I just thought of. Uh, we talked about this book. One of the questions that we asked was who was your favorite character? Uh, and I'm curious who you guys' favorite character was in the TV movie slash uh, miniseries. Still Susan. <laughs> Fair yeah. Enough. Same with you, Barbara. I- yeah, I still really like Susan. And Death, of course. That's funny. So, yeah, I was going to say Death, which he was mine for the book. So it, uh, that didn't change. Which I didn't think it would, but I was just curious if you guys had different opinions. I also really liked Teatemi or Tea Time or whatever the hell you want to call him <laughs> in the the film or the TV adaptation. Because I think they cast him really well. And he was just, I don't know, he was enjoyable. Every scene that he was in, I enjoyed Um watching his his uh i don't even i can't even think of the word shenanigans yeah i i agree i think the guy that they cast uh mark warren uh to play tea time or tia time or I, I think barbara has it, the pronunciation down what was the pronunciation oh man i don't remember anymore it was it was tay to me or something yeah but I thought he did a really good job playing that role. It uh, he didn't look exactly like I imagined him we're, reading. We're the not book. A, we're, we're not on that one. Just quite. I know. Yet. I know. All right. I'll shut up. We'll get there. So if you're gonna like, you know, go off on left field and on on a tangent here, you might want to stop. <laughs> Fair enough. Excuse me. So let's talk about first before I go off into left field uh, on about the differences and similarities. What was different in the book? Um, what was the same? What was better? Was there anything that was worse? Um. So I feel like for the movie, and I'm not sure because I'm not a movie expert. I would never consider myself a movie expert. I don't. I mean, I watch movies, but I don't. Oh, I don't know. Um. But I would say the. The difference that I noticed and the huge that kind of irked me a little bit about the movie was that the movie pretty much just there was no mystery about it. Like how in the book where you don't really quite know what's going on, like who the people are, really the bad guys and like what tea time is 
planning. Whereas in the movie, um, it's pretty obvious from the get go. Like he, you kind of see scenes with him early on in the movie, what he's planning. Um, and same with what death has planning has planned. Um, with Susan, he pretty much tells her like, Hey, I can't get involved, but you can. So this is why I'm getting, you know, you involved in this whole shenanigan and all that stuff. Um, so I wasn't a huge fan of that just because I feel like, moviegoers aren't stupid don't treat people that like that like i feel like they could have done it just like how in the book where you could have done a who done it and why and still kind of kept it interesting whereas this i feel like they just kind of was like here this is there's no mystery behind it and i enjoy that of the book um besides that a few things were a little out of order on how they kind of went about things um and obviously they took out parts which is which I find ironic because from the book, I was like, yeah, they had some like random parts that weren't really needed that didn't really do much for, for the story. And they didn't include that in the movie. And I found myself be like, Oh man, I kind of missed that. Cause it was, it would have been funny to see that. Um, so I find that ironic. Now I'm eating my words. Um, that is funny. Cause I was about to ask if you felt vindicated because the, uh, <laughs> the director like cut it out of the movie. Like, Oh, I was right. It wasn't necessary. <laughs> Yeah, I you know it's it's funny. I, I yeah, um, I feel silly now saying that. It would have been funny to see. I feel like maybe it was more of a visual thing than a book thing, but here we are. Um, what else? Um, I mean, they kept a, a lot. Like it was, I I feel like it was a good adaptation. Like the story overall story was still there. Um, visually. Um, I, I didn't think anything was too different from the book and stuff like that that they described. Um, I honestly think that would would be overall just like the, my biggest complaint was just that on how they did that. Um, besides that, I feel like they included what needed to be included in the movie. Um, I wanted more Death Rat, the Rat of Death. He was like barely in it. So that made me ha- sad because I really liked him in the book. And I wanted more of him in the book anyway. So I feel like they gave more of the um, quote, the Raven more scenes without the rat. So that was a little sad, but yeah. Oh, God of Hangovers was in there. Yeah. He made made the cut. I knew Barbara was going to bring up the rat. That was definitely a bummer. I, I, uh, I gave her a hard time for how much she likes that character in the book, but I feel like kind of like you were saying, Barbara, like that would have been a really cool character to bring over to the screen like to see that and it was kind of disappointing like you said that they that they didn't do that um do you think it was because they didn't have a cgi budget back then <laughs> probably 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 they probably wanted to focus on important cgi stuff versus just a little rap <laughs> right so for me the only thing i really like i noticed while we were watching it and it was something barbara and i talked about as we were watching it was just that it's like, wait, hold on. This didn't happen at this time, or you know, this is this is out of order. And um, and I I think for movies, whenever they make an adaptation from a book, they kind of have to do that because the, the story, the way it's told in the book, doesn't always flow as well in a visual medium. So it happens. And but that that was one of the things that I noticed. Um, the only truly other than the uh, the death was it death of rats. What is that his name? I mm-hmm. 
Okay, that, other than him really not being included The much. Grim Squeaker, perhaps? Grim Squeaker, yes. <laughs> Although I did think it was funny as a side note that Michelle Dockery, who played Susan, also played the Grim Squeaker, so the squeaking in the movie was done by her, which I didn't know until I started taking <laughs> notes for this podcast. So, um, anyway, the the other thing that I was... I, I, I don't really say I was disappointed by it because I knew it wasn't going to be there, but... Um, Terry Pratchett's narration in the book was one of the best parts of the book. Um, and they tried to do that in the movie to some extent by having death be the narrator for certain scenes throughout the movie. Um, but it just wasn't the same. And I think that's one of those things that you, you just miss out on when you go from book to movie is you don't get the narration you and you don't get the, you know, the thoughts that we get to read as the reader uh, that are taking place inside characters' heads. And it's, it's hard to portray that on the screen. Um, I feel like some of a lot of the humor was lost too. Yeah. I have to agree with you on that. Cause it was like the author's side notes or comments that were kind of really, really funny and sometimes character moments, but the movie that's hard to do in a movie. So obviously it didn't come across as well. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you guys there. The, the comedy and stuff. I mean, there, I thought all, what did come over crossed over well, but it uh, they definitely left a lot of it in the book, which is which is disappointing. But like I happens. said, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to compare. You, can, it's just it hard is. to compare a book with a movie. I do want to focus on this though, because I don't think either Barbara or I talked about it. So I'm I'm curious, Barbara and Lauren, um, if you thought there was anything in the movie that they had that was better than it was in the book. I'm not a good person to ask for that because I always, I always pick the book. <laughs> so the one thing I, I guess I, I'll answer my own question first, while you guys think about it a little bit. But the one thing that jumps out at me is the the scene in the movie that takes place at the shopping mall where Death is, <clears throat> you know, granting all those kids' wishes. I thought that was really well done in the book, so don't get me wrong there. But the way that they translated that to the screen and extended the scene a little bit on the screen, I thought they did a really good job portraying that, um, even better than than Terry did in the book originally. So that that's the one thing that jumped out at me that I think the movie improved on. Um, I would say probably pacing was what they did well, which is how sometimes I feel like books suffer more than movies do. Well, not all the time. Some there's really boring movies out there, but, um, and I think that's why the book had, or the movie had to change things around for, per- for uh, the pacing purposes, uh, just so it flowed better. I feel like the movie flowed better. It was more connected because you kind of would see what was going on in one scene and not have to wait so long to get a different character's perspective. Um, like the book kind of had that happen. Um, as far as actual scenes, oof, man, I don't know if the movie did anything better. <laughs> well, one thing you mentioned earlier that you that you liked was that they expanded Quoth's role, the Raven. Yeah, so that'd be one thing, I guess, because the he was. I feel like he was in the book less than the movie, but obviously we missed out on the the Grim Squeaker, so it's a give and take there. Um, I don't know. I, he was in the book plenty and stuff like that. So, Lauren, do you have anything to add there? No, I think I would agree with you. I did enjoy how they extended the scene um, where Death is Santa. Sorry, Hogfather. Uh, <laughs> out the gifts to the children. That I think it, it was well done. Um, 
just with the parents um him being a sword and all the other things that he was giving people and then the store clerk being like you can't just give away stuff like i think that um that added some of the humor that i was otherwise missing and now for a short ad from one of our friends hi i'm bethany finger the host of prince kai fan pod a marissa meyer book club podcast Join me every week during my read-along journey through all of the books by author Marissa Meyer, one chapter at a time, spoiler-free. Each episode will feature a different guest, new fan art, and laughter and joy through reading. You can find Prince Kai FanPod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other listening platforms. And now, back to the show. So the last question I want to talk about today is how you guys think the characters were portrayed. So how did the actors that they cast in these roles portray the characters from the book? Um, were they just like you imagined they would be? Were they different? Was that a good thing? Was that a bad thing? And I'll let Barbara go first here. See here. So the biggest, well, the one that I pictured quite differently would have been good old Tia Tom. Uh, I, cause the book kind of described him like, is it, I don't know how you pronounce it. Is it cherub, 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 is that right? Cherub, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of pictured more of like angelic looking, like he was good looking except for like that one creepy eye, but everything else about him was like really good looking, but you knew something was off about him, if that makes sense. You know, like a Ted Bundy type thing, like people were obsessed with him, women loved him for some weird-ass reason, and thought he was attractive, but like, there's some weird feeling in you that you're like, ooh, he's kind of kind of creepy. So, I pictured him more like that, like a cherub, like, good looking, um, and for some reason, and let me know if I'm wrong, but I thought he only had one creepy eye, not two creepy eyes is that is that right it is right yeah in the book he only had the one creepy eye and his other eye was normal right so i um i feel like the movie just wanted to make him look creepier and stuff like that and the actor did an amazing job of (laughs) acting like a crazy lunatic person like that was but like physically that's not what i was picturing um i loved Susan, Michelle Dockery's portrayal of Susan, that's how I kind of imagined Susan. Maybe a little bit shorter, but I don't really know how tall Michelle is. Maybe the other actors compared to her were short, the men were. I'm not really sure, but I pictured a little bit more petite. Um, But everyone else, I really liked. Uh, Maybe Death a little bit taller, too. And maybe creepier, because like Michael kind of mentioned he was campy looking, but I think, like you said, that was intentional. Um, so I think everyone else was pretty spot on. I mean, like the wizard, I kind of picture some of them a little bit younger. Um, like I picked, for some reason, I thought like it was a wide range of wizards in their age group. I didn't think they were all older, like much older. Yeah. I didn't say I was like, these wizards are ancient. Like, right. Cause it's like a school and I know obviously most of these were professors and stuff. So I, you know, thought they were older, but like literally everyone in that school, even like the background characters all seem to be old. And I'm like, uh, okay, where's the students? But, um, and obviously, um, 
the rat of death, death rat, the uh, grim squeaker, was perfect in every way and how I pictured him. I just wish he had more squishy. I pictured death differently, too, with Barbara. Like, I get that he was supposed to be maybe a little campy, but I definitely did not picture him looking like he picked up a mask at the, uh, you know, Halloween store. (laughs) Right. I feel like I wouldn't be so scared of him if he just walked up and said, hey, it's death time. Right. <laughs> so I, I agree with both, most of what Barbara said. Uh, the, the I thought the Mark Warren did a fantastic job playing the role of Te, uh, Tama or whatever, um, however it's say. But the the way they made him look, like Barbara said, I think they made him look creepy on purpose. I didn't picture him that way. It was fine for the movie. I mean, I, I you know, it wasn't, didn't make me hate it or anything, but it was different uh, and not not the way I pictured him. This that was a little bit of a change. Uh, Michelle Dockery was almost exactly what I pictured for Susan, so that was kind of funny. Um, Death, as far as the the voice acting, Ian Richardson knocked it out of the park too. He he, the voicing and everything was pretty close to how I was reading Death in my mind. Um, the the way they portrayed him visually. I mean, I kind of pictured him looking campy because that's how I took him to be in the book. Um, like Lauren said, though, the the whole, I mean, it just looked like they didn't, they could have done a little better. Like it looks like his mask at times did look like it was something he just picked up at like a Halloween shop. Um, the other one that Barbara didn't mention that I wanted to make sure I mentioned was uh, David Jason's Albert. Um, I thought he did great. Mm. Uh, he, he really did a great job bringing Albert to life. I thought um, on the screen, I I loved that character in the book and it was, that was really well done on the screen as well. Did you picture Albert as like a normal sized human? I kind of pictured him a little bit smaller, like gnomish size. Is that, was that weird? (laughs) No, I, so I didn't picture him. I guess I wouldn't say I pictured him gnomish, but I pictured him. (laughs) I did picture him smaller than, than like a regular sized person. So that, that was that was a little bit different. I mean, he was obviously he's a shorter regular sized person because the actor is, but uh, I, he was bigger than I thought. I, I guess I I was kind of thought of him elf size almost, since that's kind of the role he was playing. Maybe that's why I thought that. I don't know. He wasn't an elf. He was. Well, I mean, he was kind of like he was I mean, pretending he, to be. He an was elf. pretending to be an elf, right? So I, because of that, I, I envisioned him being more like more that size, smaller. Mm. I don't know. I just pictured death to be like, you know, like 12 foot tall, like real tall for some reason. And like he, the, uh, the puppet, I don't know. The puppet was tall, but I, now I feel like it should have been taller personally. I mean, now I'm picturing him gnomish. <laughs> Lauren, did you have anything to add about the portrayal of the characters? Um, I mean, other than just death being not creepy at all. Um, Susan was spot on for me too. Um, I enjoyed her a lot. I did also think that she would be a little bit more petite. I don't know, just in general. Um, that doesn't really matter. She's a badass either way. Um, I think that they, like I said originally, I think they did a good job casting. Fair enough. The one other thing I wanted to mention that I forgot was I thought it was cool that they brought Terry Pratchett in for a cameo too. I know Barbara knows this because I talked to her about it when we were watching it, but I don't know if Lauren does. Um, the toy maker at the very end of the movie that death visits uh, when he goes back in time to try to correct that sadness from Albert's past. Um, that, that is Terry Pratchett. He played the toy maker. Oh, nice. 
So I thought that was cool. One last thing I also wanted to talk about, an, an additional question again, um, are the like the the way that they did the props, the props, the settings, um, the costumes. How did you guys think they did with that? Was it did you like the way that they did it? Did they build the world that you imagined? Um, what were your thoughts on that? And I'll let Barbara go first on that one too. Um. So. Most of the setting and, and the the props and stuff like that, I didn't have an issue with. The clothes, I thought they did really well, except for maybe Death, once again. But, I mean, his Hogfather costume was okay. Um, but, like, when he was in his nor- normal gear, once again, I pictured someone a little more creepier looking, because it's Death, and that's what you picture. But, once again, I think we've all decided it was intentional how they portrayed him. Um but as far as like the Tooth Fairy Kingdom, like I was really disappointed in that. I pictured something completely different, more maze-like from the book, and with a bunch of stairs—not like one staircase, but a bunch of different staircases—and um, the stairs being a little bit differently. And then I feel like the teeth in itself was kind of bad; like it did not look like normal teeth. Like that's not what teeth looks like. So I was a little disappointed in the tooth fairy kingdom. The Hogfather kingdom was done as well as 2006 CGI could be, <laughs> I feel like done. Um, the, the ice and stuff like that was kind of cool up until it started falling apart. And then the CGI kind of broke down a little for me. Um, but like, where Susan's like that house and stuff like that with the little kids that Susan was taking care of. I thought it was really cool. Like everything else. But I think that the most disappointing part for me was the, the tooth fairy kingdom. I, it wasn't what I pictured it at all or imagined. And I don't remember there being tooth fairy guards either. Was that just a movieism? I thought there were guards in the book as well. Um, at least I remember there being guards in the book as well, but that, that, that may have just been a movieism that I'm, carrying mm. over on accident i don't know okay i did like the guards little tooth helmets i thought that was a nice touch it kind of made was. me giggle <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah i mean in the i thought um susan's costume was like, on point man i really enjoyed her costume i think i think they did a really good job on on her costume and even her hair and stuff like that um i do want to mention um death's costume as the Hogfathers, because like it, it was exactly how i pictured him like stuffing a little pillow in his belly to pretend that he was fat and like a really <laughs> piss poor like beard to like pretend that he has a little beard and stuff like that like it literally looked like a costume that someone would try to like make themselves and try to hastily put on and like i thought that was done really well for him and then i don't know tea time was just creepy so like, his costume was fine um so I thought costume wise they did pretty good. Um obviously I, I've seen better costumes, but I for for what they did, being a TV movie and being two thousand six, I thought they did a pretty good job. My big disappointment setting is the same as Barbara's, and I recognize that the Tooth Fairy Kingdom was never going to look as cool as it did in my head because this was a TV movie from two thousand six. Um but I think they could have done a better job than they did. Um that was the only moment where you know, aside from the dated visual effects, that was the only moment that really kind of pulled me out of it because it, it just didn't. Not only did it not look like what I visualized, but it it just 
it looked it looked fake like it didn't look like they were really there it all felt it felt like a set which i know it was one but you know what, you know what i mean like it, it felt like a set instead of looking like what it was supposed to look like does that make sense yeah yep yeah so i also liked the tooth helmets though that was that was a nice touch that was pretty entertaining um, it didn't look like teeth though Mm-mm. no no, I don't either. know what kind of mouths they're getting those out of. <laughs> it was like perfectly white teeth, but teeth don't look like that whatsoever. It really bothered me. Other than that setting, though, I thought they did a pretty good job with the other stuff. Um, obviously, like Barbara said, and like I've said before, the visual effects were dated. But you expect that when you're watching a movie that, uh, you know, it's f- almost 15 years old now. Um, and so so that's that's understandable. The the rest of it, though, the, I mean, the the way they did the characters, I thought was cool. Uh, the way they did death, I think, was intentionally campy based on the other CGI effects in the movie. They could have made him CGI, and they chose not to on purpose. Um, but uh, the other settings, I thought, thought were done well. Um, the death's house, some of the effects there were a little bit, again, just, just dated. Um, I feel like it, it's hard to to talk about that stuff objectively because like if we had watched this in 2006 would we be talking about the visual effects mm-hmm. you know it's one of those things like and, and i don't know maybe we would have maybe we would have been like god this is so so bad but i'd like <laughs> to think that maybe we wouldn't have been as critical in 2006 since it wasn't you know we weren't used to what we're used to now um but uh but yeah that's that's my thoughts on, uh, on that stuff oh and the props outside of the tooth the teeth the tooth come on michael um <laughs> The, the props outside of that I thought were well done. Whoever was in charge of the costumes and the props did a really good job. Lauren? What am I talking about now? We're talking about uh, the props and the costumes and the settings and the sets. thought I already talked about the settings. No? Maybe I talked in my, in my head. Um, no, I thought that they, I mean, I guess I talked earlier about the world building and that I thought that they did a good job of transferring um the setting that he created and the world that he created into the movie. I thought that it was really interesting. I think it was like in the very opening where they show like the whole thing floating on the turtle's back or whatever. Did you guys see that part? Yes. Yeah. Like the disc world or whatever. So I thought that was cool because that was um, something that I liked getting to see come to the screen. Um, I think that the costuming was all done really well. Um, like Michael mentioned and like I, all of us said earlier, I think that Susan um, was really, I mean, she was exactly like kind of what I pictured in my head. Um, and as we've said a million times, I think that death could have gotten a better mask from the Halloween store, but I think it was intentional, um, his costuming. And I loved that, um, just the intentionality with everything, how things were uh, chosen, and it was all really reflective of like, Cratchit's kind of style. Oh, Michael, you forgot to mention the, um, what, was, what did they call it? It was, it was like their version of a computer, but it wasn't a computer. It was like this massive machine with like ants. Oh, and yes. Thank what you for reminding called? me. Um, I don't remember what that was called. I know exactly what you're talking about it. I even said when we were watching it, I wanted to talk yeah. about that. Thank you for reminding it a, me. And it had an actual name, but I can't remember now. So I'm just I'm gonna call it the wizard computer. Uh it's called the Hex. I just looked it up. Yes. It's called Hex. Um the way that they portrayed that in the movie was so cool. They built this practical machine. Um 
it was pretty much exactly how I visualized it. It may be even better than the way I visualized it in the book. Um, thank you again, Barbara, for reminding me about that. Um, yeah. I, uh, I really liked how they portrayed that. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, and I think I said that like three times while we were watching it. So that's why Barbara mm-hmm. remembers it. <laughs> but, well, it, it's funny. Cause now I remember like that would probably be the best thing they, they did in movie wise versus the book because reading it i could not for the life of me like pictured this machine like i was having a really hard time just picturing it in my head and i think the movie did a really good job of like showing me what it's supposed to have looked like and what it looked like and i thought it was really neat so yeah it was really cool the way they built it and it looked like it was practical now it may not have been they might have done visual effects but it looked like they built like this actual (laughs) practical machine so yeah do you have anything to add on that, Lauren? The hex? No, I mean I thought of you. <laughs> Fair enough. As an IT guy, I guess I I enjoy the uh, fan, even fantasy computers. <laughs> so, guys, that that's it. That's uh, that's the end of our second bonus episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we are Badass Literature Society. Hope you like this episode. Uh, if you did, let us know. Leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and if you've got an idea of, or something else that you'd like us to talk about besides our normal book reviews in these bonus episodes, let us know on Instagram. Send us a message. Leave us a comment. Um, same on Facebook. Uh, send us a message. Leave us a comment. Let us know. Um, we're looking for more ideas for these, so we'd love to hear what you guys think. Uh, our handle in both places is at BadassLitPod. Um, and we'll see you guys next time. I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. I'm Lauren. Bye. 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 Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye.